0: Thank you, Martin. Folks, I hope you had a a good Christmas, uh, whatever way you spent that in the last few days. Hopefully you got a chance to spend time with friends and with those whom you love. Before we pack Christmas away for another year, I want to ask you just one important question about Christmas, and that is what difference it all makes For the vast majority, I think, of the British population, the answer would be a stark and a resounding none. Christmas is for children. Christmas changes nothing, except maybe the size of the January credit card bill. Once the food's eaten, once the decorations have been packed away, and once the Christmas tree is away to the dump, everything goes back to normal. Christmas changes nothing as followers of Jesus Christ we say something different we say that the world's an entirely different place because of Christmas not because we overeat for a few days uh, not because we watched a lot of TV the world's different because the saviour came Because he's redeemed us from the wages of our sin. The King has come into the world and he's invited us now to follow him into an entirely new way of life in his kingdom. For us, the event that we celebrate at Christmas changes everything. Jesus' coming changes how I see my family. It changes how I see my work. It gives me a sense of purpose that I never had before. Jesus' coming promises me a future in heaven and the presence of God in the present. Folks, that's the good news of Christmas. And if we would take that on board, it would change everything for us. In the passage which Martin read for us this morning, we can see a very real difference that Christmas could make. Jesus is speaking in those words that we just read. He's explaining to his disciples what life is like in the kingdom of God. And in our passage in particular, he teaches them that they don't need to worry, not to worry about material things. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, or your body, what you'll wear. Jesus is saying, don't worry about what you got for Christmas or didn't get. What you can afford to buy in the January sales or what you can't. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Your Father in heaven is able to look after the birds of the air, the flowers of the field, and he's able to look after you. Folks, it seems to me that it's human nature to worry about food, and clothes, and other material things. In verse 33, Jesus steers us clear of that normal, seemingly natural preoccupation, and he offers us an alternative. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It's not as though Jesus is really saying food and clothes and and all the other things don't matter at all. It's just simply that they don't matter in comparison with the most important thing. The kingdom of God. Chase after a life with God, Jesus is saying. And he'll take care of everything else. Folks, in a nutshell... This is the difference that Christmas can and must make for us. Jesus has come to be our Savior. And since he is now our King, our lives will be different in very real ways. Stuff is no longer our preoccupation. Getting more and more, accumulating our gadgets, our clothes, and our investments. We we feel more at ease and at liberty to put those aside because the kingdom of God is becoming more and more our priority. It struck me as I was thinking about this, that that phrase, seek first the kingdom of God, it, it sounds like a really nice invitation, like an easy thing to do. And the wee song that we grow up singing doesn't help. You know the one, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you Alleluia, and then you look to the right or the left, and somebody else starts singing, and the parts all kick in, and we're all smiling, and and it's all very easy, as though seeking first the kingdom of God was the most natural and easiest thing in the world. The history of the Christian Church, and, and probably, if I'm honest, my life, is a demonstration that it's not so easy. To seek first the kingdom of God, as the little song maybe makes out. In his book, The Gagging of God, Don Carson says that there are many Christians who formally espouse the historic faith, but whose heartbeat is for more and more of this world's goods, whose dreams are not for heaven and for the glory of God, but for success, financial independence, a bigger house, and a finer car. Folks, the reality is that we make most of our life's choices in a different way than seeking first the kingdom of God. What we tend to do is we choose on the lifestyle that we want or that we believe that we're entitled to. Then we look for the job that will allow us to earn the money to live that kind of a lifestyle. Then we choose a home nearby to that job or or that place where we want to be. And then finally, we choose a church where we can get involved. It's not that we consciously put them in that order. The assumptions about what we make as an appropriate lifestyle are so pervasive. There's so much around us. There's so much the air that we breathe that we automatically Even though we're people of Jesus Christ, followers of the King, we automatically start to live exactly the same life as people around us. We live in the same houses, we drive the same sorts of cars, we enjoy the same sorts of holidays, and so on. And if we can't afford all those things, then we aspire to them. It's not really an issue of whether we have or whether we don't. These are our dreams, these are our goals these are the things that we seek first. Folks, if it's true that our lifestyle is number one in our lives, if it's the non-negotiable, then it must be true that we're not really seeking first the kingdom of God. We've already decided on the lifestyle that we want, the job that will pay for it, the home that will allow us to live that lifestyle. Then we look for a church that will fit in, uh, and we volunteer there or in some other part of Christmas or Christian service. In contrast to seeking first the kingdom of God, the reality is that we settle for what, what I read recently described as a left-over discipleship, We give to God what's left over once everything else is taken care of. We give to God the leftovers of our money. We give to God the leftovers of our time. We give to God the leftovers of our energy because everything else is already in place. What I'm describing here, it sounds so natural that it sounds like it's entirely inevitable. It sounds like we couldn't possibly live a different way. But there is another way. It's the life that Jesus calls us to. The child in the manger became a man who lived and taught us this way of life. He taught us to seek first the kingdom of God, We can live in such a way that knowing Jesus and that sharing Him is number one priority in our lives. Folks, things would need to change for us. We'd need to be more intentional about our lifestyles. We'd need to to work out what the biblical vision of a good life is and bring our lives under that vision we'd need to be more intentional about our ministries, the way in which we serve God. Our decisions wouldn't be first and foremost about our lifestyle and then our jobs, but maybe about our our ministries and how we want to serve God and live for Him. For some of us, it'll be simply a case of of discerning what our, our gifts are and what our desires are. What are the things that God has made us to do? What are the things that we love? What are the things that, that set us at going with a wind in our sails? In, in many cases, those are the things that God wants us to do. We need to consider as well the, the needs of our church and of our community. And we need to decide what those things are that God is asking us in particular to do And then find ways of doing them. Might mean sharing the gospel with elderly people. Maybe that's something that you love. Well then find a way of doing it. Go into 2009 dropping something else so that you can do the thing that you love that God has made you to do. Maybe you have a passion to care for for homeless people. But up until now you felt unable to do it we'll find something else that can go. Something else that isn't a God-given passion in your life so that you can do the thing that God is calling you to. It could be any one of hundreds of things. But when we start here, when we start by seeking first the kingdom of God, we stop saying to ourselves, I can't do the things that God calls me to do because of A, B, and C. And we start to say, yes, I can do the things that God is calling me to do because I'm going to relegate these other things. Folks, I'm not talking in all cases about something very dramatic here, about people ditching their jobs. For a lot of us, it'll be continuing in the job that we're already in, but it'll be a change of perspective there. Our job, the place where we are, will be a place to serve Jesus Christ not a place to get ahead and to pursue the western dream instead of giving God the leftovers of our time and energy and money will be people who will be saying how can I give God my all and use this workplace as the place to do that instead of a a leftover discipleship it will be a whole life discipleship and we'll settle for a leftover lifestyle Whatever God gives us, whatever's left after we've served him, we'll be content with. Folks, this way of living that I'm talking about here isn't far-fetched. It might sound like it is. But I know of people who are living this way. I know of people who have chosen to live in a particular street or a particular neighborhood... Not because it's, it's close to their work, but because it's, it's handy for the, the life that they want to live. It's in the community where they want to reach people for Jesus Christ. They've made a strategic decision that I can live for the kingdom of God simply by choosing where I live. I know of people who put a, a cap on their standard of living so they can give more and more of their wealth. To, to serving the gospel of Jesus Christ and meeting the needs of the poor. I know people who have faced a choice between two jobs, one of which pays significantly more than others, the other. And they've chosen the less because they know that this is the one that allows them better to serve the kingdom of God. I know of people have turned down attractive offers and stayed in the job where they are because they know for, that for the time being, this is where God has placed them and called them. Folks, in every case, when we start making decisions like this, we start to seek first the kingdom of God. Some people say that Christmas changes nothing. We put away our Christmas box into the roof space and life goes on as before. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we say something very different. We say that the world is a different place. We have known the grace of God. We have received His Son, our Savior. We have a new allegiance now to the King of Kings. We pay attention to Him we listen carefully to his call and we want to live it out at every turn as best we can. This Christmas and as we go into this new year of 2009, Jesus offers us a resolution that's big enough for this year and for all the years that God will give us. To those who, who have received him, to those whom he has saved and who now follow him, he calls us and he says, seek first the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for Jesus coming into this world. We thank you that he has saved us from our sin, that death and the grave no longer hold any fear for us. Lord, thank you for your unspeakable grace and kindness to us. Father God forgive us for the times when we have lived on as though none of this had happened when our lives have been entirely indistinguishable from people who don't know Jesus at all who've never received him who who don't follow him as their lord Father God this Christmas time as we've we've thought again on the coming of Jesus and his presence in this world. Lord, we pray that his call would ring true and clear for each one of us. Help us to see what he means when he invites us to seek first his kingdom, to live our real and everyday lives for him and with him at the center. Lord, go before us. Make us wise because we don't see all of this clearly. Make us courageous because we fear what obedience really means. But Lord, bring us forward in love into a greater knowledge of our King and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.